It's Dr. Lisa, and it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I give a shit. I do. You know, so I just want you to know that I'm here from Radio Free Brooklyn, uh, the best uh, radio station in the entire Western Hemisphere. Pretty much, I mean, I've listened to 90% of them, so I guarantee you this is definitely the best. And the other thing I want you to know is uh, you could you could donate money to us. Do you know that this, like right now, donating to free speech is about one of the most important things you can do? So you should do that. And a good way to do that is just go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com and look for our uh, p- Patreon page. Uh, just give us like a dollar a month or you can even just donate to this show. And then there's also the, the listen live button, which is on 24 seven and you can really catch some great shit on here. Anyway, let's get to the point folks. Well, first of all, I wanted to honor a day without immigrants and today is a day without immigrants and, uh, they're in my life no matter what. There, It's a day for me. Every day is a day with immigrants. So I love immigrants. That means, uh, th- that kind of means that I like everyone but the settlers, which is probably the really old Americans that were brought here on the Mayflower. But I have some of those friends too. Anyway, shout out to to all you immigrants, we're going to fucking stand up for with you, with you, we're with you, man. Uh, but any, it's a big day here. It's a first. We are having uh, a guest, a call-in guest, and call-in listeners all to meet. It's a blind date. It's a blind date with a really awesome guy. Uh, and that awesome guy is a really like a really good, I think he's pretty good looking. Like I'm, I'm glad he's calling in because there, if he wasn't, there'd probably be a lot of heat in the studio and you know, like it might, it might get a little, I might start attacking him or something and that would be, be really frightening for everyone concerned. So let's say hello to Casey, Casey James Salango, Casey. Hi, Lisa. Are you there? Glad to be here. It's exciting, isn't it? This is very exciting. I know. We're on the phone. Uh, (laughs) How is this? I mean, so so this is Casey. I also posted lots of pictures of him on my Facebook page (laughs) in case you want to see what he looks like. All right, ladies? He's 30 years old, and I know a lot of people, a lot of a lot of people out there had disappointing Valentine's Days. You know, you don't have to be single to have a disappointing Valentine's Day, by the way. It can be a lot worse. Uh, uh, so, so the point here, I'm just going to make this point. Uh, there's a lot of people out there on dating apps. There are a lot of people that want to date. Casey, are you on some dating apps? Are you on all the dating apps? No, I recently signed up for uh, Bumble and Tinder, but I deleted Bumble pretty quickly. Tinder's still on there, but I don't. I haven't gotten any dates from it. Uh, it's just, it's just a, there on my phone. I but will you, probably delete it very, very soon. But you know what I'm saying, Casey? I mean, a lot of there's a lot of people out there looking for for love, and I don't mean love literally. I mean love in the big 
big picture. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? Yeah. Wink, wink. Uh, all forms of it. All forms of it. Huh. Human connection uh, based on a sexual uh, mutual interest. Yeah. So there's a lot of that out there, and I, I actually I actually have this uh, hooking up in Bushwick study. Did you see this in the radio in uh, in the Bushwick Daily, Casey? What do what? The hooking up in Bushwick uh, study. They did a research study yeah. for Valentine's not. Day. Uh, well, it says that uh, half the people. I'm just I'm just you know uh, ad libbing this or or whatever shorthanding this. Single, there's 47% of uh, people in Bushwick are single, and uh, that's a lot. Like, and most that's most of them. That's most of them because the the other ones are are, have all their sorts of weird things, and uh, they want to date. Yeah. So, I'm trying to do this is a public service we're doing here, Casey. That's what I'm saying. I appreciate that, too. No, you, you. I'm pimping you I out. Mean, You're I'm the public service. Yeah. Nice. We're both doing a public service, I guess. So, well, we're anyways, so before before I get started on, like, letting you really know a lot more about Casey or, like, we, before we really get into it, I want to encourage anyone that wants to meet Casey or have anything to do with Casey, potentially go out <laughs> on a date with Casey, please call in. And the call-in number is 718-928-9732. And you can talk to Casey or you can ask me a question you want me to ask him. You can ask him directly, whatever you want. And if you're listening to this on iTunes or Audioboom or a re-record, I mean a rebroadcast, then you can just contact me on Facebook and send me a private message and I will work it all out for you. Sound good, Casey? That sounds wonderful. I'm an open book. Uh, let me hear what you have to have. I'm here for that. Well, I was going to say, you know, I was going to start off with just, like, Casey, you and I have met, like, a bunch of times, right? But we're yeah. not BFFs. Mm-hmm. We haven't, like, hung out for a long period. No, no. We've seen each other regularly around... Uh, for a couple of years, probably more than a year, but we don't, but like this, so I'm going to tell you my impression of you. Okay. What kind of guy, why I feel so fortunate to have you on the show today. Ladies, listen up. First of all, I was surprised that you actually, I was surprised you were single, to be honest. I would think that mm. there. You seem like the kind of guy that ladies would be after. What do you What do you think about that? Oh, that's nice. Nice well, to hear. Just, <laughs> but what about that? Do you feel like that? Do you feel like the ladies are after you, or what? Uh, not so much. It's hard. I just got out of a relationship that I was in for about a year and a half. Mm. So I'm kind of recently single. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I tend to be a bit of a serial monogamist, so this keeps happening. And um, it's hard. I don't, you know, I'm very busy with doing comedy and uh, I've got a day job and I'm trying to work a lot. So I find myself continually dating um, comedians, which gets complicated Mm. uh, because we're all in the same business. But um, 
So, not really a lot of love from the non-comic mm-hmm. lady. So it be, so so you're reaching out. See how good this is. Yes, this I'm is so out. great. Very nice. This is so great. Uh, so I was going to say that, and I was also I also wanted to say, you know, I mean, I know you mostly because you hosted for a long time. Are you still doing it, hosting the open mic on Mondays? No, I don't host the open mic. I used to host the Wednesday open mic. Is that what it was? Uh, the Wednesday one. Yeah, but now. Well, now I still I host a show there every other Thursday and one Saturday a month. So I'm at the Pine Box quite a bit. Oh, okay. So that's good to know. So I've yeah. seen you perform, but I also want to say you are the most awesome open mic host. Like, really oh. warm and welcoming. And I find that, like, I'm almost to the point where it seems more mature than than your years. In a very, like, you are really... Um, polished about it. Thank you very much. <laughs> I put out no. I put a lot of work into it. I find you know hosting is very important part of any show. A lot of people, uh, whether it's an open mic or not, it's kind of you're just like the you're the beacon for the whole show. You got to get people hyped up. You got to make people feel welcome. Feel like a crowd. Feel like they be part of something. When I first started doing open mics, there's a lot of like meanness. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of like anger, and uh, I've found that you know that's not necessary. So if you can give people a place where they feel welcome, they feel open, they can, they're free to be their best selves. Yeah, and I think I think you're particularly talented at that. I don't think that's an easy thing to do. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that is. And I also, I also want it. I want. I'm. I know. I know that. Like. I know once we get started that people are, when we get the word out here, whether they call in now or not, Casey, you are going to be slammed. You're going to have to like hide (laughs) because when I start, when people realize how amazing you are, uh, you are going to be mobbed by women. Yeah, oh, and, and uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to get a divorce from my husband, but I don't know if that'll work out. You don't. You don't mind. Absolutely. You don't mind older women, right? No, absolutely. No, not. no. Uh, okay. So, so anyway, uh, the thing you know, uh, I was actually to tell you the truth. So I asked Casey. I asked you, Casey, uh, mm-hmm. to send me a you know, something that we might play on the air or some of your comedy. And you sent me this night train, uh, 10-minute night train set that you did. And uh, if you don't know much about comedy, night train is like a really special show to be on. It's at Littlefield, and it's hosted by Wyatt Sonic, who's, you know, one of John's... It's a big deal. So, Casey, I I felt like I'm not playing this. And you know why? It was a fucking laugh track, wall to wall. That's all it was. It was basically 10 minutes of Casey killing at a really tough show. So, you know, like you could kind of hear it and you kind of couldn't, but also a lot of it is actually you're really good visually. You know what I mean? Like a lot of your comedy to me is your stage presence. I, I think, or like you really sell, you're really able to project the jokes in your, in your, in the way that you are on, perform on stage. And uh, so I want to encourage people to check that out. 
all you have to do is uh, Google Kate. I posted it on my Facebook page, but you can just Google it, Casey James, the night train. So you were like killing for 10 minutes. That must have been an incredible set. What was that like being on? Was that like an amazing experience? Or are you just uh, yeah, used to that? Yeah. Thank you so much. No, it was great. That's a, I was very excited. Uh, that was my first time being on a show. Oh, that's really? One of the better shows in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's so really, yeah. Just the fact that it, that it went well, like, meant the world to me. And, uh, you know, when you start doing a set and you feel like the crowd accepts you and then you're just free to um, really explore and get, get wild with it. Uh, it's very exciting. So I felt like that's what was going on there. Yeah, I mean, um, I think uh, I think that that must you must have felt like you must have been really charged for quite some time after that. I bet was you know because that that's like kind of what everybody wants. That's the goal, right? Uh, and yeah, all, that's the goal. That's the goal. Hold on and one second, Lisa, I'm sorry. No, no problem. He's on an elevator. So. He's on an elevator. Is there any cute ladies on there? I, I bet. I hope Casey's still single by the time he gets out of the elevator, because otherwise the show's going to be ruined if he already got a date in the elevator. I'm talking him up, and look what's going on. Are you there, Casey? Well, I'll just keep going on about yes. you. Are you? Yes, I'm here. I'm, okay, I'm here. I was no, worried uh, that maybe you made a date good. and now you're not available in the elevator. No. Did no you meet anybody in the elevator? No. No. Just me. <laughs> just me and a, just me and a dog. Oh well. Okay. Well, we know you're you're we know you're hetero species. Uh, <laughs> anyway, and I also wanted to point out that you were on a new face of comedy for the Montreal uh, Just for Laughs Festival this year, which is like a huge honor, right? Yeah, that was great. That was how how was that? Accepted. How was that experience? It was fun. It was a lot of. Uh, a good show you get to really it's like all your hard work pays off you finally get you know you're doing comedy for a while and you're just doing these you know crappy shows here and there all around and you know you second guess yourself so then when you get noticed by people who you know know in the industry in the industry it's very exciting yeah it was fun and i you know i've had a lot of opportunities come from that oh good 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 you got you did you you got a lot of people did you get any did what happened um well you just go and you do this big show and it's like six minutes very Mm -hmm. nerve-wracking and then you go to like parties afterwards and you meet with all the people uh which is very I'm usually not great at the schmoozing part. Really? It makes me feel very uncomfortable. But uh, well, just makes me feel uh, like fake. So I don't want to be like that. But for some reason, I had my manager with me. And she was very, uh, you know, she looked grease in the wheels. And she helped me out a lot. So, uh, that's so. good. Yeah, so you have a, that's really, really helpful. So, yeah, ladies, yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is this guy's on his way. Now this is going to be <laughs> your last chance before. Uh, I was going to ask you that, too, because I think you're, like, really talented. Um, I mean, you're a good writer and, and your jokes are great, but you're also, like, a really good performer. Is your, I mean, you have great stage presence, which isn't isn't a prerequisite. You don't have to have that, but you do. So, um, do you want to be, um, like, are you thinking in terms of like acting or comedy? Like what's, is there an end goal TV? Well, I want, 
yeah, I just want to be, I want to be the best stand-up comic I can be, and that's always going to be my first passion. But I, you know, I do like writing. I like, I like acting a little more than writing because mm-hmm. it's just fun. I do like performing more than I do like writing. I yeah, I could uh, see you. Have, have you been? Audi- I could see you on a TV show, like on a, you know, a regular whatever. What do they call them now? Series or? Um, uh, have you had a I bunch of? Know. Have you auditioned for those? I've auditioned for a few things here and there. Uh, pilot season is coming up, so that's a big mm-hmm. time when they just audition um, mm-hmm. uh, for all the new shows coming out the next year. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, we get some. So you got some of that. that. I got that. I got to audition for Saturday Night Live this year. So you did? Cool. Wow. Yeah, but didn't get in, but it was so cool. That is so cool. They had me back. Um, wow. What, like, what? They had you back? I said, hopefully. I said, maybe. Oh, they may. Yeah. 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 We'll write in yeah. on that. We'll write in and request. We want <laughs> yeah, you yeah, on yeah. there. Thank yeah. you Yeah. So being a white guy on, um, on Saturday Night Live must be more competitive, right? Because they well, get all this shit. Kind of too much. Thing. Yeah. There's always too many white guys. So it's basically like I knew they were looking for like one white guy. Yeah, so it right. Was a lot. Because they do get a lot of shit for their lack of diversity. And, right. And um, they've already got a ton of white guys. So I knew there was like one spot available. And it went to a guy who's like, improv. A lot of those spots go to improv people, you know? So everyone on my audition oh, right. was doing like char- characters and stuff. But they right. wanted me to do stand up. So I was the only one doing stand-up so but i can do that kind of stuff yeah 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 so who did they give the the gig to uh who was i forgot the guy is he on now do you see him a new guy on on there now yeah yeah Yeah. okay because i'll have to check that out because i watch that show especially now it's irrelevant yeah it's great i've got Mm -hmm. a lot of friends who are writing there now and are on the show and it's a lot of fun to watch them yeah, yeah, like Julio ran into him on the subway yesterday. Yeah, Julio's great. I was just hanging with him last night. And he did, it's so weird watching a sketch and like hearing his voice through it and knowing that he wrote it. Right. He's got a real style for sure. A real yeah. point of view is really what it is. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So, um, is your like background like, um, are you into, was it, how did, did you start out doing comedy or was it more acting or what was it? How'd you, how'd you started, get into this? Well, in college, I did play. That was acting. Acting. And yeah. So Theater kid. I like that. A little bit of a theater. But it's weird because once I start hanging out with comedians, like theater kids, they're my friends and I like them, but, you know, they're like, they're a lot. Uh, <laughs> no, it's different. Special, it, they're different than comedians. They're a special breed. They're very loud. They love to sing. Uh, I know. And I was, I was like, I kind of fit in with these people. They're cool. But then once I started hanging out with comedians, I was like, oh, no, these are my people. Yeah, right. They're, uh, totally. A little more quiet. They're a little more... Thoughtful. Uh, L- weirder. Aware, weirder. Say. A lot weirder. Weirder. Less group-oriented. Yeah. So I was like, oh, these are my people. Right. Yeah. So, I was doing, so I was doing theater, and I was like, this is kind of what I like, what I want to do, but it's not exactly. And then I started doing some sketch stuff and I got to write some of my own stuff and um there you have it. that was really fun and perform that so that was really fun I got to host different shows around campus or like dance shows oh. or stuff like that so mm-hmm. and then one night they had there's like a little hot dog store or a restaurant in town and it said uh comedians wanted 
So I went in and signed up, and I did it my first time. I only did like 25 minutes. Wow. Yeah, so I just did all the stuff I've ever thought of before. <laughs> you did everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is, uh, this is it. This, this is it for you. Then I moved to New York, and I got started. Where'd you go to college? SUNY Oneonta. It's in uh, western New York. Oh, yeah. I went to Syracuse, so I ah, know of what you nice. speak. Where where in, uh, what what did you study there? I studied mass communications, and I minored in theater. Ah, so there you go. A logical, a logic. So you wound up in a logical place in Bushwick. Yes, I would, of all places. I would say so. <laughs> yeah. Looking back now, I kind of wish I started. I realized I wanted to do comedy when I was younger and just started then. But uh, you know. Well, that's pretty young. Days, I mean, college is like the perfect time to really, you know, focus. A lot of people don't yeah. figure that kind of thing out. That yeah, are, yeah, that's absolutely. considered fairly fairly early. I think maybe right. Yeah, plenty of time. So um, let's talk about your background a little. So where 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 are you from? Uh, I was born in Vermont. Vermont. <laughs> and I um, was born in Vermont, and I moved to upstate New York uh, when I was a baby. My parents split up, so oh, your I parents went back and forth a little bit. Uh, where where your parents um, divorced when you were really young? They divorced when I was she was pregnant with me. Actually, that's so, fucked yeah, up. Really that's <laughs> fucked up. And well, it wasn't. It was no one's fault, really. No one's yeah, fault, yeah. but it's fucked up anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. as as a pretend shrink, we know these things. <laughs> it's fucked up you to know, do yeah, that to know, kids, like, even if you don't, even if you don't mean to. It's just. You know, it's just one of those. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things. It's, I get it. So, where did your dad live? So my dad lives in Rutland, Vermont, and my mom lives in uh, a little town called Lake Luzerne, New York. It's up in the Adirondacks. Wow. Very nice. So, is that like? So, did you go back and forth a lot? Well, I lived with my mom for the most part, and then vacations and summers, I'd go spend with my dad in Vermont. So it was nice. Everyone was really friendly and. Everything was cool. So, so you mean you would go to school in one place, and then in the summers you'd go to Vermont? Yeah, yeah. Great. Do you know how to milk cows? Excuse me? Do you know how to milk cows? I know how to. I don't do it too much. but uh, Have you ever done it? I've done it, but not, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not as a job. Mm-hmm. I don't work on a farm. But I've tugged a, a cow teeth or two. Sure. See that, ladies? Doesn't that sound great? A guy that has milk cows? I mean, come on. If that doesn't do it for you. Hey, so I'm going to give the call-in number again. I think these girls are shy because I know they're listening. Don't be shy, right? It's only you. So call in at 718-928-9732. Call in. If no one calls in, it feels like a prank to make me feel lonely. Yeah, don't do this to Casey. You guys are going to be sorry. They're going to be so sorry when you, because like next year, you are definitely going to be either on a TV show somewhere, Saturday Night Live, something, and they're going to be, I could have met that guy. I could have gone on a date with him. Look how cute. He's really cute. I think you're really cute. I would totally like, if I was, you know, if I was like, if I was your age, 
I'd probably be really nervous around you, frankly. I'd probably no, be thinking, he's really cute. Oh, my God. He's cute and funny. God, I can't talk to him. That's what's so great about being old. You don't have to worry about that shit anymore, that stupid crap. Whether anybody thinks, you know, whatever. You don't have to worry about, you know. Yes. Getting, you don't I mean. have to worry about negotiating like your fuckability. In that's not part of the deal. It's a part. Of, it's not part of the deal. That's Except my correct. my husband thinks I'm fuckable, and that's what you know. Like I'm going with that. I work with. That's good for me. That's good enough for me. That's all I care. That's about. great. How long have been Uh not six years. No, but I've known my yeah. husband for like eighteen. But I've, we, 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 we haven't been married really all that long. I did not want to get married. I mean, uh, mm. get, I, I, I'm one of those like anti, like marriage is dumb, anti, well, marriage is not a very feminist thing to do. So uh, yeah, and uh, I just want to remind people again that you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn and you should, uh, you know, check out our website, RadioFreeBrooklyn.com and donate money because we are free speech to the nth degree so let's talk about you you were in a relationship recently so let's talk about that what happened there um it was good it was a good relationship she's very uh she's a great girl Mm -hmm. um we don't have to have names was a comedian somebody from comedy Yes, yes, I knew from comedy. We worked together. It just things get complicated when you work together a little bit. Um, Is there jealousy just, or? I think we were getting to the point where maybe there was a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Where we were very good about it beforehand, but mm-hmm. um, I think there was a little bit of like unspoken jealousy about things a little bit. But she, I don't know. I don't really know what happened. It's weird. Is it was it? Do you guys get competitive? I mean, not yeah, you. I, I mean, comedians. Get, like, if you're in a relationship with another comedian, does it get competitive? It very easily could. Or I mean, it's hard not to. Here's the thing: it's hard in comedy because we're we're mostly people who have never really been competitive our whole lives. Like for me personally, mm-hmm. I, you know, I wasn't really a sports guy. I didn't. So you don't really learn about like healthy. You didn't play sports. No, no, I didn't really play. I played, like, mm. soccer one year, and I wrestled a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, not really in-depth. So, yeah, it's weird when you start feeling competitive about something, uh, and it's like a new experience. Well, you, you deal with that. Yeah, and you can't you can't help it. It's just part of the deal, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know what the... It's just a weird thing in the relationship. I just... So, things were going well. I think we just stopped like clicking at some point a little bit. Mm-hmm. Was it a pretty mutual so. thing when it ended? Um, kind of. I, I thought it was, but um, it seems like it wasn't afterwards. Really? Why <laughs> was like she mad like at you? Me. What? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we're on good terms now. So, so, but we want to hear how she. What happened? I mean, we don't want to hear that you're on good. That's great that you're on good terms now, but what what happened? Did it did other people get like? Is it like high school? Did it get high school? Well, comedy's very high school. It's hard. Yeah, everybody's very like. A lot of people are very just insecure and um, kind of childish. So mm. it gets a lot of people get involved and stuff. Um, 
don't know, it just gets to a point in a relationship and you're fighting a lot and it feels like you're kind of fighting for different things. And, you know, it's just weird. I kind of have this. It had it. It ha- it I, ran its course. It seemed that it just that really seemed like all that happened. Like there was no, like I don't dislike her at all. I think she's great. But which is actually, you know, I've gotten out of relationships before where I did dislike the person at that point, and that makes it much easier. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. yeah, like there's no, we didn't dislike each other at all. It just kind of, I think it just ran its course. Ran its course, and you're friends now, and you see each other around. Yes, we've been seeing each other. I think we're, you know, we're still trying to avoid each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hard, but I guess, I guess I, everybody good. I guess that's part of the deal, huh? Yeah, I think. So have you? Be, have you had? What's your relationship history? Have you had a lot of long-term relationships? Let's see if you have any commitment yeah. problems. Yes, I have. Well, when I started, I had my first girlfriend when I was seventeen. Wow! And we were together for. About five years. Wow. And then, yeah, and then we broke up in college, and I was single for about six months, and then I got with another girlfriend, and we were together for five years. Wow. And uh, then that was when we lived, I lived in New York, so then I was single for, again, another couple months, and then... I had like an on again, off again relationship with this girl for about a year, mm-hmm. year and a half. And then right after that was kinda of over, I got into the relationship I just got out of. So wow. I'm definitely a serial monogamist. Yeah. So how long have you been single now? Uh, it's been about three months. Oh. Yeah. Wow, you're not wow. Somebody's got to get in there quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I always try to like date and do a thing, but I don't know. It just doesn't. I don't really like it that much. I yeah. find and I find it very. And if you have a connection with someone, then I don't know. Well, I, also, I want to be in a relationship. Uh, you know, eventually, I don't want to be. Right. I don't enjoy being single, and I don't enjoy dating, and you know, I'm not just trying to get out there and. You know, be a whore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is fine. That's what people want to do. That's just not totally what I'm trying to do. Yeah, that's forty-seven percent of people in Bushwick. I know it's so it's, it's hard. And so, so how, kinda... like, what what do you ever approach women? Like, if you see somebody you think is appealing, would you go over to a woman? It's hard. I am uh, pretty embarrassed. I uh, back in back when I was younger, probably never ever at all. Really. Um, it would have to be. There'd have to be some kind of indication ah. that it was welcomed. I believe because I ah. don't. I'm very easily embarrassed sometimes. So you know, like, like I remember one time I tried hitting on this girl. Literally the only time I ever saw a girl in the bar, and I got like no indication mm-hmm. that she wanted to flirt, and just like went up and started talking, and uh, I just felt very embarrassed, and I told myself I'd never do it again. Wow. <laughs> so that's why I usually end up dating. That's why I, like. I end up getting comics a because these are people you know, and, like, they already like you, and you already like them, and you've already like, gone through that awkward, weird phase. Right, so, and you're probably somewhere really drunk together, and, Jesus, anything, <laughs> yeah. can, anything can happen. Yeah, yeah, they just fall into place. So, um, I had asked you if we could talk about um your mom, because I think yeah. that, I think that, I, I think that you can really 
learn a lot about, uh, you know, you can really, it's, it, it, it's, there's a lot of imprinting going on between like males and their mothers and in the heterosexual world, of course, and yes, then females yes. and their dads. So let's talk about your, so did you grow up mostly, let's talk about it. So did you grow up mostly with your mom then? I mean, that's what you yeah. were saying, right? Yep, so, I was mostly with my mom. So did she have boyfriends or how was, how was that? Yeah, she had boyfriends uh, for, you know, she'd have a boyfriend for a couple of years, they'd break up. Um, but I never really, they're just like around. It's not like I really got close to any of them or um, saw them as like a father figure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, was it just you or were there, do you brothers and sisters? I have a brother, I have an older brother and an older sister. My sister moved out when she was 14, I believe. Wow. How um, come? Yeah. Well, we moved to a new town. That was a couple towns over. She wanted to stay at that school. And also, she was kind of a wild, wild kid. So she moved in with her friends. And wild kid? Her... Drugs? Alcohol? Yeah. Sex? Yeah, yeah. The whole, the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. How did, and, and she was younger, you're saying? No, she's older. She's the oldest. So she's six years older than me. Oh, okay. So what was that like for you? Was that like she, I bet she took up a lot of energy at home. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. Kind of, we didn't get along when I was younger. Now we're like best friends now. I just talked to her for like two hours on the phone earlier. But, um. Yeah, because you're, because you're wild like her. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. I'm not as wild. That's true. No, but, Um, um, so was that like, you know, was that like that disruptive when you're a kid? I mean, when you're like 10 years old and your 16 year old sisters like sleeping with every, this is mean. No, that's not even funny. Sleeping with every guy in high school. No, but I mean, was that weird or, you know, no, your mom all of a sudden. She had a boyfriend that she moved in with she, when she was like 15, lived with him for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, which is young, but for some reason, I don't know. I didn't, no, it didn't bother me too much. Mm-hmm. I think there was always a lot of chaos ever since I was, little so like nothing was really out of the ordinary so why was there chaos then oh there's just a lot of um you know my mom dated a couple unsavory characters and there's a lot of uh a lot of drinking going on stuff like that Mm. what did your Uh, mom do well now she works she's a care she she does housekeeping over the summer uh-huh. at a big ranch. Oh, nice. And uh, she just got a job at the dollar store, which is the only uh, viable business in my town. Wow. So it's a really that. small town. Yeah, yeah. And how old were you, how old was she when you were when she had her first kid? When she had your, your sister? Her first kid, what I would say she was twenty three or twenty four. Super young, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's pretty young. Yeah. So that must have been yeah. that must have been tough. Well, yeah, but I think she I think she has a thing in her, and she still says this now, where all she ever really wanted to be was a mom. Oh, and really? So, like when we got older and moved out, I think she kind of didn't know what to do with herself. That's really the only like goal she had, and she you know she did it. So, um, yeah, I think it's what she wanted. So, was that like tough for her? You think? I think so. It's tough, not having us around to take care of anymore and yeah she's just like didn't really know what to do with herself didn't really have you know you need like a goal you need something to work towards 
Yeah, and comedy like, uh, or something. Yeah, yeah, something. And yeah, I get it. Even that. knitting. My mother was a big knitter. Knitting can really take knitting can really take over your life in a good way if you need it. Yeah, I, I mean that's anything, a great thing. Uh, anything, anything. But I hear you. She didn't. She wasn't a knitter. So, no, no, um, so was that like, did you feel like concerned, responsible? Is that a lot of response? Was that responsibility? For who? My mother? For you. Uh, what do you mean? Um, I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't given a lot of responsibility. I mean, I, but I mean, did you worry about her? Yeah. Yeah. I worried about her when I was little. Sure. I remember, um, yeah. Worrying about her a lot when I was little and, you know, a lot of times she seemed sad, and my uncle died when I was about seven or eight, and I think that really uh, turned things a little bit for the worse, because she's, you know, very sensitive, and uh, that kind of changed things a little bit. So I think she definitely got it a little sadder after that. You mean like her brother, right? Yeah, yeah. So he, did was did he live nearby? Was he involved with you guys? He, he lived about an hour away, so we'd see him... I don't know, maybe once a month and on holidays and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was, like, another, like, sta- stabilizing factor. Was your mom stabilized? Did, what did she, did she work most of the time? When Like, how did she take care of you guys? Like, how how does a single mom do all that? Yeah, she worked. Uh, she worked a lot with, like, mentally disabled people. Mm-hmm. Um. So she worked with them in a home, and then she worked at an ARC, which is where they put, like, higher-functioning mm-hmm. um, mentally disabled people, mm-hmm. and they give them jobs and stuff. So mm-hmm. she worked there, and then, you know, she always had a boyfriend that uh, helped, uh, you know, pay part of the bills. Mm-hmm. But was it, uh, like, so- um, did it feel like a stable environment to grow up in? Uh, no, certainly not. <laughs> we so were, we were where, very poor. We because you didn't know if you were going to have enough to eat or what kind, like, what do you, how did being well, poor? Generally, we, you know, we had, we moved, we lived in probably 20 different houses. We moved constantly. And, uh, I think that had a lot to do with, you know, getting in fights with the landlord about not having rent and, um. There's just a lot of situations where we had to move very quickly, and uh, mm-hmm. and we had to move in with my uncle one time where there was no. Yeah. Hi, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh. So we he lived in a this old like farmhouse that didn't have any hot water or any like heat. So did you, know, you had, like, did boil you our... did you ever have trouble getting food? I mean, having food. Did you always have food? No, no I think we were always fed. We were always so she took care of that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. That's good. Um, but it was definitely a paycheck to paycheck situation. Right, and you understood that you were poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely understood. So, uh, people probably don't like now. I would never think like that. You had that kind of background. Like people don't see you that way, do they? Um, I don't know. I talk about it in my comedy a lot. So mm-hmm. maybe when they first see me, they wouldn't assume that. But. Um, once they hear my story and everything, I think it uh, starts to come into focus. Right, right. That makes sense. So you've gotten a lot of really good material out of it. <laughs> yeah, certainly. 
Well, that's yeah, worthwhile. Yeah. So do you have yeah, a weird view of money now? Like, is it like, oh my, like, like if you're making like a decent paycheck, you know, like a regular paycheck, are you like, oh my God? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I don't, I think it, it helped and it hurt my relationship with money and the fact that I don't, you know, probably save as much as I do. I don't really, I don't put a lot of importance on money as long as I have enough money to, um, feed myself and live somewhere. I really don't need much else. So, I mean, that, that, that helps a lot too, but it, you know, it's like, uh, it's definitely prepared me for being a comedian because it's very, ah, um, yes. It's a very feast or famine. Right. Um, right. So you have to really be able to like just live in poverty for a while if you really want to pursue it. Right. But I mean, you moved to like living, like moving to New York is such a huge change from your upbringing, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So is that weird when you moved, first moved here? It was really scary. I remember I was scared. The closest city to us was Albany, which is the capital. Yeah, right. I would just, I would just be scared, like, driving into the city, like, going over a bridge and seeing large buildings. Oh, yeah. Where did you move to? Did you move to Manhattan or Brooklyn? When we first moved, we moved to, where was it? Queens. Queens. We moved to Queens first. Yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah. So, oh, no, no, we didn't. That's right. That second. We, lived, we moved to Harlem first. Oh, my Harlem. God. What was that? That must have been, like, was it crazy? It was a little you? crazy. We were, in, like, we were right by, you know, the projects. It was a little bit of a dangerous area, but um, it was cool. I, I, like, once you start getting the flow of it, it was very exciting. And um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, then we moved to Queens, and then uh, that's where I was with my girlfriend I moved here with, and we broke up, and I went off on my own. Huh. Them, that uh yeah it's quite a quite a change but i bet like did you like did you feel like an, a weirdo in your town where you were growing up i well, i did feel like a little bit of an outcast because there's definitely a lot of like white trash like country vibe to uh oh yeah country people. people and i never felt fully connected with those people mm-hmm. but there's always like you know there's always a group of outcasts, kind of outliers who mm-hmm. there's a weird thing about upstate New York people. A lot of, there's a lot of weird, like really funny comedians that come from upstate New York, like uh, Joe Para or Dan mm-hmm. Licata, mm-hmm. like very strange sense of humor because it's, we're kind of like identityless. It's like the country and it's, you know, it's like the woods, but um, it's also New York. People don't, when you say New York, people just think about the city. They don't even consider it. Upstate, so it's kind of a weird. I don't know. It just breeds like a weird, funny type of strange kid. Yeah, a weird. Yeah, because you, there's like tra- a lot of trailer parks and, uh, you know, uh, a lot of Trump voters. Right? Were there a lot of Trump yeah, voters? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, Do you yeah, think yeah. that maybe any of your family members Trump voters? I don't think so. If they're not, if they are, they're not talking about it. So, uh, luckily. <laughs> So is your so what's your relationship with your mom like now or like what was you know it was it was it good when you were a kid? It was good when I was a kid. It's I think we had some rough patches. Like as I started getting older, mm-hmm. um, I just you know she didn't take care of all the things that needed to be taken take care of all the time. Like I didn't really go to the doctor ever. I didn't really wow. you know since we we're just living paycheck to paycheck. It was like none of the 
things a kid needs a kid needs really no. to take care of. And we just moved from school to school, like right when I was starting to get friends. Like we moved to a new school, I'd start to get friends eventually after like two years, and then I'd have to move again. Oh so, man. I think there's a lot of I was a lot, I definitely a lot of anger about that. Yeah. But it's better now that I'm older and I can see like she was trying her best and Right. You know, she had a lot of she had a lot of trouble. But herself, uh, but so. at the at the time, I mean, that must have been very that that yeah, that must have been disturbing. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty upsetting when I was younger. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you ever think that like I mean, okay, so I imagine that uh, having a mom like that, I wonder if you worry about women being able to take care of themselves or being able to take care of you. Or ex- what um, your expectations of women are? Has that affected yeah, you? How know. has it affected you? It's weird. I have I've had this problem with um, girls in the past, where it's almost like I guess I wanted to take care of myself, but I don't like I don't I've always done the best job of it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not kind of like just simple things like getting health insurance, things like that. Uh, right. You know, when I was little, like I didn't think about that. I guess they live with the bare minimum. So I kind of like live my life like that. Mm-hmm. So I think I've had situations with women where they see that and try to almost take on like a motherly role mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And then I kind of resent them for that mm-hmm. um, because I don't feel the need to be taken care of and I don't want to be in, you know, a mother-son relationship. I want it to be equal partnership. Right. So, yeah, I've run into that quite a bit. So when women get really, like, maternal towards you, you get angry, maybe. Well, I like, it's nice. It's nice sometimes. I don't mind, but it's like when it becomes, like, a scolding thing instead of a loving thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm wondering if, um, like, like a lot of people, you might feel... Like, okay, so I would imagine as a child, like we were talking about that you had a lot of anger at your mom because she was, and and this is nothing against your mom. I'm just saying, like, as a kid, you would naturally feel, you know, like she was a deficient mom. And I'm not saying, I'm not making, saying that's the truth or anything. I'm just saying, like, I can imagine you having that anger, any child having that anger. So I'm wondering if have you dealt with that anger? Have you been have you been in therapy at all or? Yeah, yeah, I go to therapy now. And, oh yeah, uh, so oh, I think it's good. I think doing I think doing comedy is like therapy a lot because you just you're constantly kind of exploring these things and just mining your brain for material and just makes you think of things a lot differently. And you know, I've gone through therapy and I yeah, I've dealt with a lot of stuff and I kind of so you're kind of aware of it. That's great. Yeah, I think I'm pretty pretty aware of it, which is probably why you're able to have like long term relationships. It really helps. But I I imagine, yeah, I can imagine that could be like, you know, hard to because you don't really have hard to navigate because you don't really have a example of it, right? Of like what maternal stuff, like normal, you know, what the boundaries are, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a little strange that I don't have an example of that. I also don't have any, like, everyone, no one in my family is, like, married or stay married, so there's not, like, 
I don't really have a, a, a um, you know, a guide for that. Right. Uh, I just kind of do it all myself. Right. So you don't have like an example of what a stable relationship looks like. Yeah. I'm starting to see now more and I'm like, you know, I'm figuring it out. I'm definitely getting Yeah, for sure. Uh, do you think you want to get married? Yeah, absolutely. I don't. You like, do? I don't, I don't see it as necessary. I don't like, uh, it just seems like if you're going to be together, you could be together. Could and be I don't an really o- think it's. Could be an yeah, option. I don't think it has anything. But if she, if I was with a girl and I was in love and that's what she wanted, I would, absolutely. And what about having children? Yeah, I love kids. You want to uh, have I kids. I, love, I think I would like kids. I'm wow. Do you, and this is guy, I think I do. I think it would be a good dad. Wow. I, I get along with kids very well. Wow. Well, that's a pretty, you know, uh, healthy, uh, you know, it sounds like you've overcome a lot, right? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, I've, you didn't uh, have a lot handed stuff. to you. Yeah, but it's good. I think, you know, yeah. going through adversity and stuff kind of helps you grasp things in a more, in a more mature way. So that yeah. that explains why you're why you're so mature, why you seem more mature than than um, some of your peers. I think mm, maybe yeah. could be could be could be. And uh, do you? Um, hmm. So that's interesting. I'm just processing. I'm processing mm-hmm. all of this. Gotcha. That's that like it's all it's falling into place. So let's <laughs> let's let's see if you have any advice for for women who there you know there's a lot of single women out out here in Bushwick. Do you think so? Like a yeah, lot absolutely. of them, right? Yeah. A lot of lovely single women, maybe not all for mm-hmm. you, but I mean there's a lot of lovely single women. So what do you absolutely. do you have any advice for them? What do you think? Do you think women you know, what, what, what do you think that they, are they trying too hard, not trying enough, trying hard enough, no. or too picky, or what do you think it is? I honestly don't know. It's hard. I really don't envy women living in New York, specifically Bushwick, or that area. Any area with, like, a high concentration of young, artistic people, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be very hard to find stability in relationships. I think a lot of dudes move here from, like, small towns, um, and they start discovering themselves. They start, like, pursuing whatever thing they moved here for. And they're in their 20s. And, you know, men in their 20s are... Uh, men in their 20s. Bad people. They're bad, they're bad people. They are totally the men in their 20s. They're very, they're very narcissistic and... No, they're men in their 20s. <laughs> they're men in their 20s. Yeah. So they're, like, discovering themselves, and they're, sure. you know, they're not the best people to settle. Whereas women in their 20s are starting, especially... I think when they get in their later 20s, they're starting to look for something a little more stable. Right. And I've definitely, like, you know, I've gone to dates with girls who are very, I could tell they've just, like, dealt with so many shitty mm. guys in, like, Bushwick around. So they're very, like, protective, and they definitely have their guard up, like, right up right from the mm. start. So I don't know what the advice is. I think, I don't know, just try to... Try wait to protect yourself. If you could wait, yeah. If you could just wait, wait, wait till they uh, grow up, li- and not to take it personally. Don't, yes, don't take it personally. Don't expect a guy in their twenties to be a lifelong thing because uh, it's just going to take mm-hmm. a little more time. And you know, we definitely live in a generation of 
Arrested Development, and this is like this is like Peter Pan. It's like a Peter Pan where everyone's the uh, where everyone turns into the donkeys. That's basically what Bushwick is like. Uh, it's just a bunch of children who are trying to act like adults and trying to grow up. So. Well, I I, I think this has been going on. You know, this is this is this has been around forever. I mean, I I saw this when I was when I was your age, uh, but mm-hmm. but I think that I also worry that. Um, and I've I saw this in in you know when I was when I was your age as well, that a lot of women like say they're polyamorous or and i don't have any problem with look i don't have any value judgment or anything with it people sleeping around sleep with whoever you want how much you want whatever uh do whatever you want i'm not making any value judgment but i do think there are a lot of women that really do want to have relationships and they say to themselves that they don't because they know like guys aren't you know that guys aren't in that stage of development yet and they wind up like you know, sleeping with guys and not hearing from them and then being disappointed. Do you think yeah. that happens? I think that definitely happens. I, th- I mean, I think there's some women who are, who do want to be polyamorous and discover these things about themselves. That's what they want. Um, there are a lot of women who have just like dealt with this, going through this like heartache so many times of sleeping with guys that they think are, you know, going to be long term and then it doesn't go that way that they kind of just develop like they just can't handle anymore. So they just develop this kind of persona where it's just like they're all guard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, the thing and the women I really worry about are the women that, uh, you know, say to themselves that, that aren't really honest with themselves. They want to believe like they're really cool and they don't yeah. care uh, whether they hear from the guy again, and and they're just they're just there to you know they 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 walk into things thinking that they're just going to sleep with the guy and, or whatever it doesn't even matter if they hear from him or not. And then I think it does wear on them. Some of them, some women are not just not biologically set up to do that, and they they want to be. They want to believe they are, and I can see why that that would be great if you could just be that way and be cool yeah. about it. Do you see that? Yeah. I, I imagine comedy. Are there women in comedy like that? There are a lot of very cool comedian women. Are there? Do you know women like that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. I know a lot of women that are like. That. I know a lot of women that are are very secure, and they do they do know that that's what they want, and they go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know a lot of women who, you know, kind of put on that face, mm-hmm. but I know deep down and, um, you know, they're just hurt and kind of scared and don't want to deal with it, you know? Yeah. And I know a lot of guys like that too. Sure. But, you know, it's definitely. Oh yeah. I guess biologically it's more. Women. Um, in tune with women yeah. for the most part. Yeah. So I say to those women, embrace your nerd, embrace your inner nerd. We're all nerds. Be a nerd. Just yeah, don't be nerd. so cool. It's okay, you know. It's okay. It's okay to get. Yeah. It's okay to have a crush on a guy. It's great. It's those. I don't know. Vulnerabilities and um, those weird quirks are what are, are attractive about people. So I don't exactly. Like, so your I last. I'm trying so hard to hide those. That's what's not mm-hmm. attractive. Your last girlfriend. What particularly appealed to her, to you about her? What what what, um, what would you say? 
What would you she say? She was really fun. She was really funny. I thought she was a very funny comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, we just we kind of got along well, and you know we could joke around a lot. And she was so. Was it a I sense? I had a lot of. Mm-hmm. I kind of I dated kind of more uptight women in the past, mm-hmm. and um, that were a little more controlling. And she didn't really seem to have that about her. So she mm-hmm. was very like easygoing and mm-hmm. fun. Oh, so you thought like she would be good because she wasn't controlling. As controlling yeah. or as in con- so a lot of the women you've been with are really in control of them yeah. their lives un- unlike your mom yeah yeah mm. I'd say so. mm. interesting we could do this we could we could do this for another hour but you know we only have three <laughs> minutes left and okay, I want to make on. sure that um, everybody uh, everybody should check out uh, your your website is Casey say it say it com. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really funny material on there. And uh, tell us what the shows that you're doing at Pine, you're at Pine Box, right? Which is a great place for yeah, comedy. Yeah, so Pine Box, we have the first uh, Saturday of every month, we have The Killing Joke. I produce that with Scott and Green and Allie Pryor. And then mm-hmm. every other Thursday, actually tonight, tonight. Uh, we're going to have it. There's... Um, Secret meeting. That's at eight. They're both at eight o'clock. That's every other Thursday. I also do a monthly show at a place called the Starliner in Bushwick. Oh, I love that place. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's great. So that's the second one. We just had it last night. Second Wednesday of every month, and that's going to be weekly in the summer. Oh, cool. um, Yeah. Cool. Is that stuff all on your website? I don't update it well, but um, (laughs) it could be. If you. Well, whatever. I, I do. I do a lot of it on my Facebook or through Twitter. Yeah. So if you want to find me on there, I'm Casey James Lingo on Facebook. Yeah, it's Casey and, um, James. J. Casey James. James Lingo. S A L E N G O. But then on Twitter and Instagram, I'm Casey J Salingo. Well, you know what, Casey? I'm just going to say this. Uh, I I always had a great impression of you, but I'm going to say you're way more mature than than I even expected. Oh, thank you, Dr. So I, I just hope, you know what, have some, well, I don't know. I think you're good at having fun too. I think you've made, I think you made lemons out of a uh, lemonade childhood. That's what I think. I'm trying. And uh, thanks so much for being on the show. And uh, no, I know we didn't get any call-ins because <laughs> it's okay. two in the afternoon, but we, we but you know, there's definitely going to be a lot of follow-up on this. I have no doubt. No, and, uh, you know, it's going to re- rebroadcast tomorrow at 8 a.m. And I want everyone to stay tuned because after this is Elon Danzinger. Have you ever heard of him? He does no. this great show. It's called, uh, what is it called? I Lost and Rewound. And it's really cool. What he does is he gets other, uh, he gets like old mixtapes. People bring out on their collections of mixtapes. Mm, and he DJs. Cool. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, very awesome. Yeah. So I'll see you around. Thanks so much. Dr. Lisa gives a shit.